What is up everyone? This is Samir Azizi, your favorite host of your favorite podcast, the Azizi podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back everybody. I'm so excited to be back with you all. I'm sure you're all very excited about the Super Bowl that just, um, you know, finished a couple days ago, or maybe some of you are very upset. So, you know, regardless, that was a huge event. Congrats to Tom Brady uh, on his seventh uh, NHL, NFL ring and all of that. So, you know, pretty cool. I, I love the fact that sports are still happening, even though, you know, there's not enough sports uh, currently. However, um, this is a podcast that is being posted out of Toronto, Canada, a country where hockey is considered the national sport. Um, people are actually playing hockey everywhere here, and I'm hearing that they're trying to close down illegal hockey games here in Toronto. So this is how seriously people are taking this game. So it's a matter of time. It was a matter of time before I would invite an actual uh, hockey player, a professional hockey player on my show. And I'm pleased to announce that Igor Larionov II is that guest. And he is a professional hockey player, an amazing guy, very cool, very interesting, very stylish personality. Uh, we've talked about so many cool things. Uh, he's also coming from a great hockey dynasty. His father is an uh, NHL uh, Hall of Famer as well, so I'm sure you heard of, of him as well. But uh, this podcast is about Igor Larion of the second, and I really wanted to dedicate the entire podcast just to his personality, his thoughts, his experience as the young uh, hockey player. And I feel like we've done a great job, and Igor was a good sport, and uh, we've had a wonderful conversation. And uh, by the way, uh, it's also on YouTube. I'm going to be posting some clips and videos and the full entire uh, show on uh, YouTube as well. So check it out. So... Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm some, I'm some, I sometimes I like even forget what I'm trying to say. But let's just promote this really quickly. All right, you ready? Three, two, one, let's go. Subscribe to Azizi Podcast on the iTunes. Subscribe to Azizi Podcast on Spotify and all the other platforms, especially on Amazon, because we've recently made a deal where my podcast is being my podcast is being streamed on Amazon platforms, including Audible. Subscribe and also give me five stars, give me thumbs up, give me positive reviews and share my stuff with your friends because this is interesting. All right, so now that this is out of the way and also subscribe to my YouTube channel, by the way, uh, please enjoy Igor Larionov II, our wonderful conversation. All right, everybody, see you soon. All right. Igor Larionov, the second. We're about to start doing this. I feel like my dishwasher is about to finish too, so we're going to be okay. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Azizi Podcast, Mr. Igor Larionov. How's it going? Thank you. Yeah, going pretty well. Just chilling right now in California. How's, how about you? How's everything? Oh, man, I am definitely chilling here. It's pretty chilly in Toronto, Canada, man. It's so freaking cold here. I'm afraid to go out. You know, I lived in California for like nine and a half years, and I really miss that. I actually came back from that, uh, from that, from Los Angeles back in November. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. Right before the lockdown, like the actual curfew. So mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. But yeah, so, you know, it's funny because, uh, well, let's start from the beginning. You are a professional hockey player. You're a professional athlete. Yep. And uh, you're one, like, you're the first hockey player on this podcast. So it's pretty exciting because before that, I would do like, I'm, well, I'm still doing this a lot of like boxers and boxer mm. promoters and management and agents. So it's pretty cool to have, you know, to venture out in a different sport. But the thing is, 
I had a phone call with you prior to that, and I said, "Hey, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know jack about hockey." <laughs> yeah. And like, it was, I'm so thankful that you said, "You know what? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's all good." Like, I don't. Yeah, know it's fine. Talking about other things, so I was like, "Perfect. That's exactly what I like to do: talking about other things and exploring, you know, personalities." So, uh, but to to kind of uh, do like a little deep dive in in like uh, your career and your background. So, mm-hmm. uh, you are of a Russian descent. Yes. And, uh, but you were born in the United States. You were born in Detroit. Correct. Yeah, Detroit. And you were also born into the uh, professional athlete family. Your, your father is a Hall of Famer. Uh, mm. Your grandfather is a professional, uh, was a professional soccer player uh, yep. back in Soviet Union. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool because my grandfather was a professional motocrosser in Soviet Union. He was a uh, <laughs> master sporta. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, also kind of cool. Um, but the little anecdote about, uh, that I said, I, I called my mom and I said, Hey, you know, we were talking about things. She was, she was asking like, how am I doing? You know, mm. I'm like, yeah, everything's good. You know, just working, doing the pod. And, uh, I said, Oh, by the way, like I'm, uh, I'm going to talk to Igor Larionov. Uh, have you ever heard about, uh, his dad, for example? And she's like, Oh yeah, I actually met him. I'm like, what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I was like. I want to hear that story. And uh, she's like, yeah, he actually came to Kazakhstan to open like a hockey museum. And uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually know about that. He told me, I think they opened a museum and had a charity hockey game, something exactly. like that. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that was like a little cool anecdote. But anyways, going back to you. Uh, so how did you start with the hockey? Did you, did you always know that you're going to be like a professional hockey player just because, you know, it's in the family? Honestly, growing up, there was hockey sticks everywhere around the house. Hmm. So when I was three, four years old, I would just, my dad would cut them down to make them like little. So I could just, it was like really small, obviously. And I would just grab them and run around, hit everything in sight. There's a little mini net. And Hmm. that's basically just it. I just grabbed a stick and started running around with it. And after time, I guess I got on the ice a bit, started to learn how to skate and, Honestly, at first I didn't really like it because I wasn't too good at like five or six years old. And then mm-hmm. when I got to like nine, ten, I started to get a little better. And that's when I really started to enjoy it a lot. So you actually remember like yourself skating like at five or six years old and actually oh, yeah. remember being like self-critical about that. I remember, yeah. I I didn't like my coach. He was, we were like little kids and he was trying to make us like do stuff. And I remember he said something i was upset i said i'm not coming back i'm never playing hockey again oh i see <laughs> and my mom was like okay that's fine you don't have to if you don't want to and after i think a week or two i went back because obviously it was fun so yeah but no absolutely. it was there was really no pressure when i was little it was mostly just i could pick up a hockey stick i could kick a soccer ball i could pick mm-hmm. up a tennis racket it, it didn't really matter to them just that i was active and doing something and then what point you thought like, okay, like this is something that I'm, I'm going to like dedicate my life to. What point? Because you, you didn't mm-hmm. go to college yet. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're like decided just to skip college and go professional right away. Like yeah. most of the athletes, a lot of the athletes in the United States do. Mm-hmm. Like, was that, um, was, was that a tough decision to do or like how, what's the like um, significance of that, of the university and all? Uh, first, I realized that there could be something when I was probably... 11 years old because I was living out in California at 11 and I was getting to be one of the better players in the state, all these things. And we decided to move back to Michigan because that's where the best um, youth hockey is. So at 11, we moved back to Michigan and that's when it really took off. But in terms of college, 
I never really wanted to play college hockey. I always wanted to just go to uh, juniors and focus on that. So I don't know. For me, college was never really an option. Obviously, I had some opportunities, some offers and all those things. But mm-hmm. it's just – Yeah, for know, sure. It's, no, it's, it's like uh, – Yeah. You know, I was watching the Michael Jordan documentary. I'm sure you watched it too. And uh, course, he yeah. went to college, but then he dropped out halfway because, I mean, he was just like, okay, like I, there's no point in college if I'm actually going to be a professional. Like, you know, of I'm course, yeah. yeah. Most so, guys go for like a year or two and then they just they, they leave and go play pro. Yeah, for sure. Is that like a common thing in hockey, like to, to go like into like playing for like some sort of a club after, after high school and stuff like that? Yeah, usually how it is in hockey is there's two paths. There's a path going to college or there's a path going major junior. Mm-hmm. Major junior is, is like leagues in Canada where technically you're not an amateur anymore. You get paid. So once you go there, you can't go to uh, college. So I just went to the major junior route because it just, I don't know, it just was more appealing to me. And I always figured if things didn't work out, like afterwards, I could go to school and uh-huh. get an education that way. But I mean, so far things are you know going pretty well yeah. so i figured yeah for know, sure for sure hey, by choice. the way by the way uh hockey college hockey is uh, in the united states is part of uh, ncaa right as well yeah ncaa correct yeah so uh actually question to you a random question mm. not prepared but i was always wondering about that what do you think about uh, like players not getting paid at all for playing honestly i think it's not fair especially for the college football or something where they draw in hundreds of thousands of people every game yeah. sell yeah. sell merchandise sell food at the stadiums have tv deals and then these people are getting nothing like where does the money go that's what i want to know obviously they spend a lot of money on building i don't know facilities but even those facilities a lot of it are sponsored by boosters and sponsored by sponsors so yeah, yeah. at the end of the day let's say university of michigan has 114,000 come to every single college uh, football yeah. game uh-huh. that's a lot of tickets sold that's a lot of beer sold that's a lot of you know pretzels hot dogs sold like where yeah. did that all go yeah i like i think i read something about there's some some sort of a progress with ncaa where they can be there's something like hope for them getting paid or they can get, at least get paid for endorsement i think before they couldn't have endorsement yeah. deals yeah so that's true hey. like they, they couldn't have any endorsement deals either you couldn't even sign a napkin wow. and someone give you two dollars for it you couldn't even do that that's insane and then all that's this says like well though. we give you a scholarship hey hey <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing like a scholarship is How much does it really cost to give someone an education? I understand like a lot of people pay like $50,000 a year, but at the end of the day, if there's 30 people in the class and everyone pays $50,000, how much, like who, where does that money go? The teacher's not making all that money. The the books, yeah. I mean, the books clearly shouldn't be that expensive if you can pull up a book on your computer. Like For that's sure. why I'm just, and just thinking it's, I don't know, it, it, it seems like it could all be way cheaper and, but it's just at the end of the day, it's about making money. So that's why it is yeah. how it is. No, I mean, honestly, I agree with you. The whole college system in the United States, I don't know how it's like been done in Canada. I'm only here for like a year. Mm-hmm. But it's such a shady thing because at the end of the day, like I was listening to this interview with Elon Musk and he's like, you don't need college to like study. You don't need college to know things. You can just get out of like, get off everything, like all that thing from the internet. You know, it's all about of status. Course. It's all about, yeah. you know, checking how many courses can you do like within four years. And I honestly went through the system and I realized that too, there's nothing really that i can like get out of college what do i remember you know like something like for sure mm. some nutrition stuff i remember i actually took classes like geography of surfing to class like <laughs> nutrition like stuff like that <laughs> so those things i kind of remember but like uh 
microeconomics, micro, microeconomics. I was like, well, what the hell? Like, I know it's, so- it doesn't make any, any sense. The, the only thing people leave college with usually is with a drinking problem and a lot of debt. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's so true. Although like there's some, you know, to be fair, there is some, like, I do like how United States work because, uh, you know, you have the Russian roots. I am from Kazakhstan. You know, we have mm-hmm. some sort of a, like realization and knowledge of how things work uh, in that part of town in terms of how a sportsman is getting developed. And unfortunately, like I'll, I'm going to speak for Kazakhstan, uh, the system is not very like uh, developed. You know, Soviet Union was like a different story, but like Kazakhstan, course, for example, yeah. there's no such thing where like, oh, you play high school in high school and then you play versus other high school and then there's like a high school championship. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're like, okay, then like colleges approach you and they try to like, you know, recruit you to their for scholarships. And like, that's their like value proposition. And then colleges are competing with each other and then agents go and scout, you know, yeah. and all of that. So there's like the whole freaking hierarchy in the United States or even in Canada probably, but there's mm-hmm. not no such thing uh, in, uh, in our part of the world. But then you see, for example, uh, but it's funny how it works, but then you see a lot of uh, Russian names in the hockey. So that's, that's always like, I was like so surprised by that. Yeah, I mean the the way everything's set up here is is perfect in terms of like you play you you eight you ten you twelve you fifteen blah 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 like high school going up going up like I mean that's I think that's the perfect way of doing it because there's enough teams enough opportunity for everyone to play, but when you get to like those higher levels sort of like a, like a college or or even juniors that's when it becomes a little bit um, I don't want to say shady but like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players I know that have been good enough that never got an opportunity, and I'm not quite sure why. But so you'd say like so, politics involved and stuff like that. Of course, there's a lot of politics involved. It's, mm-hmm. it's especially in hockey. There's politics involved all the way down from you know when we were 12 or 11. But mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. days, there's enough teams where everyone can have a spot and play at like the top league. Once you yeah. get to you know 16, 17 there's only I think 60 teams left or like something like that at the highest level. Whereas there's some players that deserve a chance and they don't get them. So I think there could, there could be a better system set up for even for like college sports where almost like a system where a league slightly below where you can call people up almost like that, where Hmm. players can still have the opportunity to, to get a, a foot in the door because at the end of the day a lot of people are really good and they never even have the opportunity just to step in play a single game mm-hmm. yeah man that's fascinating how the system works and it's so cool that you know about this because you have that real like inside uh which i feel like maybe in the future you can like help a lot of people you know if, if, if hopefully like, yeah i mean yeah i'd love to you know just pass along some information that you could only know when you went through that not from looking on the outside yeah you know um it's funny because so I was actually doing, you know, we, we had like that phone call and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go through all of your social media. I'm going to get as much information possible about you. And I realized that you're actually when the pandemic started, you actually did this little project, which I really appreciate because I was doing a lot of like the same things. And I know how mm-hmm. like frustrating it is. I know how hard it is. Everyone thinks it's so easy to just like do yeah. interviews, right? Everyone thinks it's easy to upload like video on freaking Instagram and stuff like that and make sure it looks good and stuff like that. So, so I actually appreciate a lot of things that you've done, especially like when everyone's going through crisis, you know, everyone's like freaking out. So you're kind of like trying to like lighten the mood and talk to people. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But like what I've learned from, from your, uh, so by the way, it was like, uh, 
um, uh, all the small things. That was the, that was the show that mm. you did, and it was it was pretty cool. You actually invited a lot of your friends and family members. But what 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 I was like, I got this cool insight because again, I don't know anything about hockey, but I got this cool insight where all your friends. Well, not all your friends, but like uh, a lot of those guys were also, you know, from the former Soviet Union countries. One from was born in Uzbekistan, yeah. one was from Russia. Uzbekistan, yeah. And uh, when th that guy from Uzbekistan, I was like, yeah, man. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, it's still Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan. It's kind of like weird. Yeah, like, it's close. Yeah. yeah, close. We go there, we go like visit that country as well. But anyway, so, but then I'm learning like, you know, I feel like they were also because i also had that sort of thing like oh they like get to the good level in russia and then they get recruited from russia to you know uh, western countries right to canada to mm -hmm. united states but then i'm learning like a lot of them actually been in the united states for a long time they actually came yeah. as young kids and like studied there so they got through actually they gone through the whole american hierarchy of systems of like playing can you talk a little exactly. bit about that? how this is like like what's the trend the majority of your friends is that what happened um, yeah, a lot of my friends, they're uh, like second generation. So, so sort of like me, their parents lived in the former Soviet Union, moved to the North America. Uh -huh. And they basically grew up here their whole lives. I have a lot of friends like that. But also a hot like new trend for uh, Russian families is they'll play hockey in, in Russia up until the age of like 13, 14. Mm -hmm. And then they'll move to either Detroit, Chicago or Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they'll start playing youth hockey in Canada. That way, mm -hmm. if you play two or three years, once you go to play juniors, you don't count as an import player. You count as a homegrown player. Oh, what, what's the difference? The difference is uh, imports, there's only two spots per team. For oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. And okay. for homegrown. System, huh? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, like, technically they say I've lived here for three, four years. My parents live here. I've gone to school here. I right, moved right. here. I'm applying for citizenship. And they allow them to be as a homegrown player, which that way there's a lot more guys that can be on the, the Russian guys that can be on the team. So yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's like, a pretty pretty cool because obviously otherwise they might not get the opportunity to ever play here or experience that. Yeah, that's like um, I wish colleges did the same thing for tuition, to be honest. But like for tax purposes, for example, in the United States, if you've been in the United States for like five years, then you're like for tax purposes, you're a resident, so you don't have to mm -hmm. or you actually have to pay more tax. Anyways, but yeah, I totally get it. Like it's. Uh, it's interesting, but it was, what was I was going to say? Oh, hell, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. No, yeah, I, I was just wondering. Oh, here it is. This actually, this is a question from my boss because I told him mm. when I was talking to you. Shout out to Greg Fitzgerald, by the way. He's like, I'm wondering, because you have some experience in Russia as well, what would you say the main difference between, like kind of like give me some points between training in Russia, like the Russian traditional, like, uh, you know, camp and all of that versus the Western mm -hmm. United States and Canada, what do you think are like, Oh, like right in your face, like that's, that's different. We don't do that. We do that. <laughs> A lot. almost everything. <laughs> in, uh, in North America, honestly, training camp is one hard day where you do like all the physical testing and then it'll be like a practice and then a scrimmage at the end of the day, maybe like a workout. And that lasts three, four days in Russia. It lasts almost two months. And you train six, seven times a day. And mm -hmm. those training sessions, they're not really like trying to get you better. They're just trying to see if you can survive. Mm. And every year, a lot of people get injured. So like two years ago, not the training camp, we had 16 guys get injured at training camp. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like here, it's a lot more of injury prevention. There, it's a lot more of 
we're going to put you to the brink. And if your body handles it and handles it, if not, we'll get someone new. Right, right. I see. That's very, yeah. <laughs> that's very Russian, Russian approach. I would say for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> most, it's the most Russian approach. <laughs> Taking like starting from the very beginning of like world war two, I would say. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's his name? The guy from Rocky. If he dies, he dies. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the same Ivan Drago. Yeah. yeah, man. Where you go? Like this, that's the boxing reference. You know, you know your audience oh, yeah. and you know oh, your yeah. crowd for sure. <laughs> Do you watch any boxing by the way at all? Honestly, I, I, I really haven't seen much boxing because I, I really don't know like where to even find it. Like I feel like all the major things are like pay-per-view and I just find that so difficult to like the approach of that. It's whereas like regular sports, you just flip on the TV and you find it boxing. You have to like go out of your way to find yeah, it. Yeah, man. It's tough. Honestly, that, that's like, as for in terms of marketing maybe you're not making as much money from like ticket sales mm-hmm. but like it's harder to grow an audience i think because no one's just going to be flipping by see the box yeah, on and be like, yeah. oh wow this is kind of interesting they might watch the next one here you have to know exactly what you're looking for and mm-hmm. a lot of the times like if it's like really late or something or there's like a big fight like um to be honest the last the last highlights of a boxing boxing match that i've seen are probably mike tyson or like Logan Paul or something like that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's the huge debate right now whether Logan Paul or Jake Paul whether like they're good for boxing or bad for boxing. A lot of like mm. boxing hardcore fans they're like, "Oh, he's ruining the sport." But it's like, yeah, man. But so many people like here's like your example actually get yeah. interested in the sport and seeing how it works. But uh, it's funny because you know there's like a boxing uh, hockey connection. Uh, the best boxer coming out of uh, Soviet, a former Soviet Union country, especially coming from Kazakhstan, is mm. Gennady Golovkin, Gennady Triple G Golovkin, and uh, yep. he's definitely the the major, the one of like the the biggest uh, commercial success in terms of boxing in the United States and in the world. But mm. he's also a huge fan of hockey. Like he even like fo- your father and him, like they follow each other on Instagram, like stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I think he's uh, he always goes to like Los Angeles, LA Kings game and all of that. But that's that's so funny. Like that's that's their connection as well. Uh, so that's that's like what I know about that as well. Is that yeah? I think um, he wanted his son to start playing hockey. Oh yeah. So yeah. he, I think he had a phone call with my dad or a text conversation where he asked a bunch of questions about hockey, and that's basically how they know each other. Oh, that's so cool, man. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Just like little connections everywhere. It's, it's funny how it works. Yeah. And you're like, right now you're in Los Angeles as well, right? Yeah. I'm in LA right now. Awesome. And how's, how's the weather right now? I'm hearing it's, uh, it's clearing up. You guys have restaurants there and all that opened up. Yeah. Everything's opened up. I went to dinner last night. Um, sun's out. Good day around <laughs> like 20 Celsius today. So are you still, are you still counting temperature in Celsius? Honestly, I, I counted both, so. <laughs> I still don't know Fahrenheit, to be honest, like way too well, like, but it's, you know, sometimes. I know like high 90s is like somewhere around 30, 40, like something, mm. and then, you know, 30s. I learned that zero is 30 just recently because I had to explain my American friends how cold it is here. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's hard. It's, it's a, it doesn't make any sense how to, mm-hmm. like, um, convert it, so. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the... Um, things that I saw and you actually brought it up on your show as well is that you know the importance of commercial you know like uh, public relations in hockey and Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to talk to you about that as well because uh, it seems like it's something that you're interested in and it's actually something that is interesting for me as well Uh, but you were kind of um, arguing that 
you know, public relations and marketing and kind of like self-promotions, it's sort of like an unspoken rule where you don't really do that to an extent in hockey to an yeah. extent where like people do it in basketball or football um, or boxing for that reason, for that mm -hmm. matter as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that you have, you had an experience with that as well, where you tried to show up, you tried to be like, like marketable and it actually was a success, but it wasn't, it wasn't really accepted right away. Uh, yeah. with, uh, with your, yeah, with your game. So, yeah. Um, in hockey, the big thing is everyone has to be the same because no one can be bigger than the team. Mm -hmm. It's almost, it's almost like if you show your personality or if you're acting a certain way, then you're not for the team, you're for yourself, which, I mean, I don't think that's true. If, if you go out and play hard and you play well, that's enough for your team. Mm -hmm. But there they think if you, if you dress in a flashy way, if you have a lot of content, if you're filming, if you're posting things, that your focus is away from the game. But in reality, I mean, people can multitask. That's, that's just how the human mind works. Yeah. But um, when I was playing in juniors, I scored a goal and I did a curling celebration. I threw my glove on the ice and one of my teammates acted like he was sweeping. That was pretty and awesome. I loved it. <laughs> it. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was cool. All the players loved it. Everyone loved it. But my coaches hated it. They said it's a disrespect to the game. It's disrespectful. Blah blah blah. All these things. How it's you know, mm -hmm. horrible. And they just got into it. I mean, mm -hmm. I really didn't care because I scored a goal and I did a celebration. You know, it's a game at the end of the day. Who right? Does, does it really matter? But it went viral. It went all over every single like major sports network. And the next day, once it went viral, nobody said anything else. The coaches mm -hmm. said, we're going to have a talk with you tomorrow. When it went viral, when our next game sold out, nobody said right. anything. So, yeah. Got, it got, it got picked up, you know, that footage got picked up by ESPN, by all the major networks. And yeah, definitely yeah. like it brought attention first of all to your brand, but second of all to the brand of the team, you know, to the, to the of course, actual, yeah. it brought excitement. Uh, what's what's the deal with that like why is that where does it come from why can people change is that a lot is this like a thing where in hockey there's a lot of old timers and they're all like into like oh back in my day we didn't do yeah. that <laughs> exactly yeah in hockey it's like an old old man's approach where if you try to do anything modern or new or just even fun people are like you're disrespecting the game that's not how we do it like if you do a mm -hmm. celebration you're disrespecting the game if you like a lot of guys wanted to change the dress code. So it's more like the NBA. So you could show up and you know, kind of show off and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your fashion, all these things. And they're like, no, you have to wear a suit. You're going to work. It's business. But like, mm -hmm. how could you compare the business of being a lawyer to the business of going out and playing a game? Like at the end of the day, gonna, it's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment. Exactly. At the end of the day, you want to make the league wants to make money. And like I said one time when I was getting interviewed, there's an Instagram account about NBA outfits that yeah. has more followers than I think 20 NHL teams. And that's just a <laughs> joke. I mean, it's embarrassing. Hey, what gonna, what's going to happen if you'll be like rebel about it? If you'll say, you know what, screw this. I'm going to do my own thing. Are they going to like, uh, you know, just do like a disciplinary, disciplinary action? There's also actual like bylaws you have to abate for a certain dress code or it's going to be like unspoken, like we're going to blacklist this guy. I think there's a, a, a rule about uh, dress code. I'm pretty sure there's a dress code where you have to dress in a certain way, but it's being kind of changed a bit right now. They're saying because of COVID, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so if, if you don't dress according to the dress code, you'll probably be fined. But if you do something that's you can't be fined for, you'll probably just be blacklisted by, by the league. Mm, like a lot mm. of 
people who try to show off or sort of, or not even show off. I think that's like the wrong way of putting it. A lot of people that are trying to like market themselves, market themselves and show their personality, their like who they are. Mm-hmm. They get blacklisted because people start saying right away, oh, he thinks he's bigger mm-hmm. than the team. When in reality, he is not a robot. He is who he is and let him yeah. be himself. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, for example, in the former Soviet Union countries, hockey is a very prestigious sport. It's very elite sport, mm-hmm. elitist sport. It's an expensive sport. You know, just the gear yeah. itself is very uh, pricey and all of that. And same in the United States, you know, not to say that the United States is like cheap as well, but it's a very prestigious sport. However, I know like living in the United States, there's always this weird um, kind of hockey country, hockey, mm-hmm. hockey states or something like that. It's always kind of like, Oh, I love your I love your yeah. cup of tea. It's really, it's really classy, man. <laughs> from, from, from the from the nineties, straight from the nineties. Yeah, man, with the with the like hand painted stuff on it. But yeah, okay. they always kind of like the American coastal elites. You know, they always kind of like, mm. oh, it's just the hockey states. You know, hockey counties or something like that. Like hockey yeah. is like for people somewhere in the middle. Like no one's watching their sport. It's not so. Which is funny because, but then again, you see like it's actually like a, the sport is too, people are taking the sport seriously here in the West. Mm. But for some reason, not. It's not enough, you know, to be like extremely mainstream, like uh, like Super Bowl, which is gonna be uh, tomorrow, by the way. Like as as time of this recording is, and everyone's gonna get, go, go crazy about it. Like you have to watch yeah. Super Bowl, even if you not if you don't watch uh, football at all. You know, Stanley, course, Stanley yeah. Cup stuff, like not so much. Although everyone saw Abechkin celebration a couple of years ago, where he was like, uh, you know, wielding that that cup, you know, all over the world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> falling asleep in fountains and drinking beer through a t-shirt i mean actually speaking about disciplinary actions right that guy didn't care at all <laughs> he just yeah that's, that's what stuff, makes him great like it's off limits <laughs> mm-hmm. no but that's why he's so entertaining and people love him because he he doesn't he doesn't care what everyone thinks he just does his own thing so here's my question for you then considering all that that i just said mm-hmm. you i i know that you're advocating for the same thing as like how come hockey is not as mainstream hockey is such a great sport it's an amazing sport i love the sport yeah and, and you've you know constantly stating your love for the sport so let's say let's say you you had to like make some changes like do you have you ever thought about like oh c- certain things are not right certain things could be like uh, made different differently you know we just talk about some 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 things like you know like marketabilities and everything as well is there mm-hmm. anything else that always constantly on your mind and you're like god damn if 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 we could do something like football does, or maybe we could do something on our own. Like, do you have anything like that in your head sometimes? Of course. Yeah. There's, there's so many different things they can do from, from changing the dress code to even something as simple as I have the NHL TV package on Apple TV. And like, let's say I want to watch a Kings game or a Ducks game, the teams that are both in my area, they're blacked yeah. out. So I can't even watch them because they're locally blacked out. Just even something like that. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm a kid growing up and I want to watch my local team, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So another thing is if you look at the MLB, they have like a weekend players have, or even in the NBA, they have it sometimes where you can put like your nickname on the back of your Jersey. Yeah. Just yeah. Like little things like that. Also For sure. make it more, make it more acceptable to, to vlog, make it more acceptable to, to post things. And honestly, it it's just, it seems like there's so much pressure on everyone just relax because at the end of the day it's it's just a game like yeah for sure it's it sounds like there's a first of all when you said like accessibility to 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 the public right when some things are blacked out so it sounds like it's it's more of like on the base like deal business to business basis where the networks need mm-hmm. to make some better deals where like it, 
hockey can be publicly accessible. Uh, so that's one part of the promotion. And the second part is actually like the day-to-day branding on, on a personal yeah. basis. And I see that's, yeah, that's definitely something that can be, uh, that can be improved as well. Yeah. You know, like player marketing. Is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, it's terrible in the NHL. <laughs> one thing, like I called you yesterday and you said, or oh, actually we, we were headed, we had a call yesterday scheduled and then it's like hey i'm hmm. you know I'm, I'm just like coming from uh the meeting with my agent and all of that and i was like oh that's interesting that's actually something interesting we can talk about it as well hmm. um what do you like what can you say about like general like agents responsibility in the hockey field right in the hockey profession hmm. like, what do you think agents are responsible for and what who else is actually in the hockey players team that does things so usually the agent helps you find a team helps you sign a contract um if you have a problem with your coaches or you're not happy with the amount of uh, playing time you're getting, you'll talk to your agent and he will, you know, communicate with the team, try to figure out the solution in the summers. Basically the agents, I'll talk to him and be like, so wh- where do you think the best place for me to train is? Where can I get on mm-hmm. the ice? Where can I do all these things? So they basically coordinate all that so that you have a place where you can skate in the summer, a place where you can work out in the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much, honestly, what, what any problems you need, you can usually just call them and they'll help you figure it out. Another very important person is your strength and conditioning coach. So someone mm. who you trust, someone who trains you throughout the summer, because that's honestly the, the number one time where people get better, they get stronger. So yeah. in the summer, you need to have a very like um, top, top notch strength and conditioning coach. And then the rest is probably like, a massage therapist you see once a week, a chiropractor, like those types Mm -hmm. of things, Mm -hmm. just maintenance on the body after a week of working out, a week of skating. And there's really not much that, not that many people that go into it, but I'd say those four people are probably the most important because the agent just takes care of all of the paperwork, all of the Mm -hmm. logistics, Mm -hmm. the strength coach works on your body. And then the, the physical therapist or massage therapist or chiropractor, they fix up the body after um, after wear and tear. For sure. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is that it sounds like Asian in hockey is, and probably in the rest of the you know uh, sports like NFL and uh, NBA is ultimate problem solver. Mm-hmm. You have a problem called my agent. Yeah, problem of course. Agent. In uh, in boxing, it's it's kind of a, a two way split. There is a promoter and a manager. So manager kind of mm-hmm. solves your your problems on the like personal business stuff, like day to day or whatever operations. But then in terms of like getting the fights, getting the things set up, it's kind of like an ultimate event manager. And there's where mm-hmm. like, a promoter has to like market you and make sure like you go and like get the endorsement deals you need. So it's kind of like, it's funny how it's done in boxing. It's always interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty shady. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because another thing I was wondering, you know, speaking of the deals and promotion is that you're actually created your, you know, you, you're big on social media. You're, you're trying to like position yourself everywhere. And I saw, and actually mm. went through your TikTok as well. Extremely funny. I, whoever's watching right now, I recommend going on your TikTok and I'll post all the links to you as well. Thank you. <laughs> but like extremely funny, extremely uh, creative. I really love that. You know, I like the list, you know, five things that and five things this. And I was mm. like, oh, like that's awesome. <laughs> and then that, you know, how are you making fun? like in, in Russia and you like skating like uh, in the middle of Red Square like it's, it's pretty yeah. cool I really love that what do you think, think about yeah 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 what do you think about that like do you think that's absolutely necessary for people to do and I know for example you were always advocating for the fact that people needs to be more people need to be more outspoken you know when mm. uh, you give interviews uh, to journalists and I'm actually so on board with you a lot of boxers are very 
uh, introverted and they, they, want, they don't want to show much. You know, they don't want to say much. Yeah. You also say in, in hockey is the same thing. A lot of hockey players, they don't want to say much uh, because it's just, you know, not the way they are. How do they get out of the shell? You know, it's easy to say, hey, get a TikTok, you know, do that thing. Mm. But like, what do you think? Like, how do you actually make them be more introverted? Do you think there's, it's possible to actually train that thing? I think there's a way of um, training someone into being uh, more comfortable on social media, more comfortable in interviews. But at the end of the day, a lot of these people are like, I don't know if it's fair to say, but it just seems like they come from such humble backgrounds where it's almost like they've, they've never really had to, um, you know, do anything that was besides hockey. Like they, mm -hmm. nobody ever had to, you know, show up to a party and like, make people laugh they sure just enough. show up yeah or something like that there's something simple like that they show up and they just talk about hockey like yeah so it's almost like it's it's like a very i don't want to say that people are boring but they act in a very boring way if you mm -hmm. watch any hockey interview someone asks you a question and majority of the answer will be like oh we got to get pucks in deep we gotta yeah. get pucks on that it's like the same exact answers where like that's honestly so boring like if <laughs> if, I, if i'm getting interviewed between that's periods I, like I, i'm just gonna like yeah like we're losing like we're that trying like, yeah like <laughs> what, what, what can we do we're gonna try to do better but like it's just the same cookie cutter answers every single time and it's it's just so boring and it, it, it honestly seems like there's people that just that maybe had personalities but they just had yeah. to stuff them inside themselves and they can't even show them do you remember that interview i don't know if you were watching that for nfl i think that was marshawn lynch Oh yeah, like, he was like, "I'm just here so I don't get fined." Remember that interview? Yeah, even, yeah, <laughs> even something like something like that. Like he doesn't he doesn't want to do an interview, but like yeah. he creates so much press for himself just by doing <laughs> that, which is insane. It's like reverse psychology. But I know you That's... have to think someone like helped him out, or he figured that out himself. Like, hmm, I can do this yeah. and not in, get an interview done, but also create way more fans for myself and market myself. Which I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a genius idea. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, and, and, you know, things like personalities like uh, Cam Newton, you know, one of my favorite uh, football players as well. Mm -hmm. I love he, how he acts and, uh, you know, how he dresses. Like, speaking of dress code, Cam Newton, man, he has that. He has that in the... In the oh, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's like the way he dresses is, is next level. And I, I wish more, like, athletes would do that because, like, I mean... I know, it's, edgy it's fun. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember one time Kim Newton like put on a babushka like uh, oh yeah I remember <laughs> yeah with a hat over it yeah it was sick oh man that was awesome hey so you know another thing that I you know know that you're very into like entertainment business you're very into actual cinematography you're into uh, you know movie making I, I would mm. say like and now that you live in Los Angeles you're so close to the industry yeah. um, do you see yourself because I, I feel like you like you can be an actor as well. Like you, I feel like you have a passion for that as well. You can do like some cameos and all of that. Do you see yourself going into that, like venturing out like your brand into that area? And like, is that, is that something that is on your, is that something you tell to your agent? Like, yo, like I wanted this, I want to do this too. Can you look into this? To be honest, uh, my agents, like hockey agents in general, they're very like oriented on hockey. So they're not really like focusing uh, on any other things. But two days ago, I, one of my, I have a, a friend, his name is Garek Sukharik. He does uh -huh. um, YouTube and like Instagram. He does like all these like skits of like uh, funny, like Russian things. Like, like uh -huh. about, it's sort of like American kids with Russian parents and like, it's like memes and all these things. And he asked me to, to be in a couple of his videos. So I, you know, it was sort of like my first experience of acting two days ago. And I mean, it was really fun. And 
That's awesome. I enjoyed it. But no, I mean, I, I'm up for anything. I'm willing to try anything. And yeah, I, I think it's fun. I, I enjoy it. So I absolutely. To yeah, I feel like especially after watching your show, first of all, and I complimented you that before, like even like was taken interviews, which is so foreign. Like, I honestly, like, I don't know other athletes just like, oh, well, there are probably some, but like you just did that right away and you started asking questions mm -hmm. and you had like a good strategy about that. You had like those questions prepared and then you adjusted, you know, based on the person that you speak to. But at the same time, you, you like were so confident, like I, because I know for the fact that some people are getting frightened when they're getting like the mic and they try to, to talk to other people. Yeah. No, so a lot of people cool freeze thing. up. It, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just, it's just a conversation. It's just a lot of those people I knew, I think th two or the three people that I interviewed, I did not know at all. Yeah. And for me, yeah, that's it makes the no difference. part all the time with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't know someone, I honestly feel like it's just the best way is I didn't talk to any of the people that I didn't know beforehand because I wanted to make it as authentic as possible. Yeah. So when I, when I talked to them, it was honestly like a genuine introduction. Like I would ask, tell me about yourself and tell me about your career because honestly, I've done some research, but I don't want to yeah. you know, know your whole life story. So that's basically how I approached it. And I don't know, it just, it just uh, the whole thing for me was to make it kind of like fun, easygoing. And mm -hmm. it's just the, the worst part was the editing. The editing took forever. I know. That's what I'm saying. I so appreciate what you've done because it's so hard, yeah. man. It's so hard. It's forever, yeah. I was doing subtitles for a boxer that I'm helping out. Uh, I was doing some interviews with him back in November, and now I decided to put some uh, English subtitles on because I was in, in mm. Russian. And I was doing that shit like until 2 a.m. yesterday. And then at the end of the day, everything kind of like moved for three seconds. And now I have to like spend all day to actually oh. moving around, shifting all that things around. So, yeah, it's I get the it. Worst. But, it's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst, man. But I wanted to ask you, um, so you did interviews with family members as well. And mm -hmm. so I had this idea for the longest time and I, you know, I, I still want to like uh, execute that. Like when I go back to Kazakhstan, I want to interview all my family. I want to like interview my grandpa, my uh, grandma, my father and my mother, you know, my sister mm -hmm. as well, just to have that for the history, you know, like the interaction with family. Of course, yeah. But here's the thing, like, um, I don't know, my father and I, we're sort of, we're sort of on a very official basis. We're, we don't have that little lyrical, you know, like, oh, love you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We don't, we never say that thing. So it's all like, we'll love each other a lot, but it's, it's very yeah. like, kind of like, you know, Spartan, Spartan love, you know? Of course. Uh, yeah. 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 And so I saw, you know, your interview with your dad and forget about the fact that, you know, your dad is famous and all of that, but just, he's just your dad. Like, how, how was that, you know, talking to your dad like this? Like, like was that kind of weird for you was was like was that hard for you to talk to your dad because i'm planning to do that with my dad and i have no idea mm -hmm. how to do that like an actual like cool radio way yeah um it was it was kind of different because we typically speak in russian so we had to yeah. do the interview in english so that was already weird because i don't think we ever talked that much english between one another which yeah. was kind of interesting, which, which may, honestly made it easier for me because it wasn't like um, a regular conversation. Yeah. Whereas we, if, it was, if it was a regular conversation, I'd be speaking in Russian, it'd be completely different. Yeah, yeah, in, English, in English, it was totally different, the format. And for me, that made it more like an interview and less of a conversation, which made it a lot easier for me. But I mean, he's a professional. He's, he's, he's done, done so many, he's, yeah. thousands of them. So like, he's an easy person to talk to you. You give him one topic and he'll talk about it for half an hour. And it's just, yeah. that's the easiest when you start talking about someone and then midway through his, like what he's telling, I'll just jump in and ask a question or mm -hmm. he'll bring something up and I'll talk about that. So yeah, man. Honestly, that, that's, that's the best type of advice I can give you when interviewing like a relative is 
kind of try to take the approach of not talking like father to son, but sort of like interviewer to interviewee, because if it's father to son, it sometimes gets a little bit too personal, I feel like. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. way you can you can kind of like keep a distance and control things is, is how I tried to do it when I did fight. Totally. And you you know, I so understand what you're saying. Like when you speak in Russian, I actually did the whole podcast on that like previously is that when I speak in Russian, all of a sudden I'm a different guy. Like mm-hmm. when I speak in English, it's it's kind of like a performance for me, like a pretend yeah. to be another guy. Like that's not really me. I'm just like being <laughs> like this American kid, like whatever I learned, like how to act within the society, like that's what I do. But then mm-hmm. like when things are in Russian, especially like going from 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 Kazakhstan, it's just like totally different person. I'm not saying like I'm so solo sort of a cold guy or anything, but it's just more there's more I can say, there's more I can share. Like it's 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 a little bit too personable. But yes, I totally get yeah. it. Unfortunately my father doesn't speak English, so we'll have to do oh, it in no. Russian. Yeah, yeah. But it should be cool. I feel like for the history it should be awesome. Yeah, I mean it's definitely cool talking to like uh someone so close to you and it's just one of those things where you can even look back and share with like your kids, their kids and you always have it with you. Yeah, for sure. And and I also enjoyed the the interview with your sister. She seems like a very interesting personality as well. She mm-hmm. has her own enterprise going. So I'll definitely check that out. It was pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, she's so, doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, overall. She's cool. Yeah. she's uh, And she's in Russia right now as well, right? Yeah, she is right now. She just uh, left LA for Russia. That's awesome. That's, uh, you know, it's always a cool experience when you grow up in the United States and then uh, you go back to your roots and you like yeah, re- rediscover absolutely. where you come from. That's like a. I know, I, lo- I know a lot of people who've done that, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, so tell me a little bit before, before we kind of uh, go to our conclusion, tell me a little bit about your mm-hmm. day. Like, uh, I know that you, are, have, you have a, like a very strict diet. You're, you're big on like uh, greens and mm-hmm. uh, you're big on, do you eat meat at all? I eat meat, yeah. I, I don't eat gluten, I don't eat dairy, and I try to avoid sugar. So would you say, would you say you're like, um, like a keto diet is your thing? Kind of. That's a, about as similar as it gets to, to that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, so what, what, what do you usually have for, like, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Usually for breakfast, I'll have uh, like two scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. uh, a salad, some olives, and some, uh, I buy, buy these like organic uh, breakfast sausages made out of turkey from mm-hmm. the grocery store. You just put them in the microwave and you heat them up. Then for lunch, typically another salad but this time we'll have some uh, grilled chicken in it and maybe a soup or something depends mm-hmm. like always love a good uh, bowl of borscht for lunch nice. yeah yeah I miss <laughs> and that. uh for dinner either steak chicken or fish with a salad and with a uh, you know sweet potato on the side or some kind of vegetable and that's pretty much how i eat that's awesome man and, and like during the off seasons do you work out at all Usually every day, like um, in the off season, usually I'll start at the early stages three times a week. And then once we get closer to the season, like uh, um, four or four times a week. And do you usually work with the, with machines or more of like with, the, with your own body, like push-ups and plank stances? Uh, both, both. It's, uh, it depends on the day. Like the place that I go to, we usually work um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday will be arms, Tuesday legs. Uh-huh. Thursday arms, Friday legs, and it depends on your program. Um, last year, I had a lot of um, front-loaded stuff, so I had um, front squat, um, reverse lunge with the barbell in the front. So, nice. And also, there's other days where it's just like pull-ups, um, 
um, what's it called? Uh, push-ups, uh, core, all these different things. So it honestly depends on the day, but we do a lot of both. We do a lot of uh, sprints, a lot of um, uh, plyo work. So it, it's it's honestly all over the place in terms of the different uh, types of workouts, different muscle groups we, we, we do. All right, professional athlete question of the day. How long is your plank stand? <laughs> That's a good question. I haven't held – actually, we, in Russia, we had to do this crazy thing with our coach, and I think we had to hold it for uh, eight or nine minutes. Which was that? Which we had one? to do like a – we did a plank, and then you'd have to every minute go like open up, open up for 30 seconds, open up, open up 30 seconds, then go for a minute straight. And we did eight sets of that and you couldn't put your knees down. You had to stand there. So I think all in total, it was eight or nine minutes of holding it. You know, I actually remembered something and that's something I usually don't tell people because I never like adopted that. But I went like with my, my one of my relatives is actually my, my grandpa's uh, son. Uh, he he's like a hockey player as well in Kazakhstan. Mm. But like I, when we when we were kids, like I would go to like a camp with him or whatever, and just chill with them. I wouldn't really train. But one of the exercises that really would kill me forever is this one. Hold on, I'll try to show you. So you have mm. to like be like at the at the wall. And oh yeah. This for for like forever, and that's like the most freaking punishing exercise ever. And uh, that's like the like, done this all the time. That's their like go to exercise. Yeah, we, we, we did that in Russia too. It's, we, I never did that in North America, but when I went to Russia, we did that. We had to have like a plate on our, on our knees and then we had a ball. We had to move it to the next guy, move it to the next guy. I had to go through the entire team back, through the entire team back, I think three or four times. For sure, man. So after we finish this interview, what's, what's next for you today? What are you going to do? Um, honestly, I'll probably go to the pool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. You, look, you look a little suntan. I, I see a little like suntan on you. <laughs> Yeah, yesterday I uh, went out and just chilled by the pool for like three hours. And for sure, man. That's awesome. It was fun, yeah. I was, I was like being in the sun because so many sports are outdoors Bro, a lot. it's vitamin D. You got you to gotta get this. You got to get this. It's vitamin D. It's healthy, D. yeah. It, it, it's super healthy for you. And that's why I just, whenever I have the opportunity, I just love being in the sun. It's, it's good for you. It makes you feel good. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just the for best. For sure, man. Isn't that crazy that throughout all of our interview, we haven't mentioned the pandemic once? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so there you go. This is your like, <laughs> the public services announcement. Like we're still in the pandemic. We're still in the lockdown. Yeah. Oh, everything's opened up in Los Angeles. So that's pretty cool. You know yeah, what? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I, I miss going to restaurants. And yesterday was fun going to restaurants again. Well, I'm pretty jealous because not only it's cold here, it's everything is closed in Toronto too. So we're literally like just, you know. Terrible. It's terrible, man. I'm waiting for the same things for open up, but whatever. I'll do whatever they want me to do. I'll just sit at home and wait and get my pizza. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but uh, one of the questions that I really like about your show, like one of the questions that you do is like if something like, if I haven't asked you something that you wanted me to ask, like what would it be? And I was mm. like, damn, that's such a cheat question. You know, like it's like, oh, like, <laughs> it's like the person wanted to talk about it or something, but you know, we never got a broader chance. So I'll give you that opportunity. But if you think like we've, we've covered a lot of things, uh, you know, we, we could mm. go, but if there's something that you want to add, like I'd love to discuss that. <laughs> How about I'll, I'll flip that around to you. And is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't been able to talk about yet? I feel like see, here's the thing, like real talk. I feel like mm -hmm. we're, this is basically our first long-term conversation, right? So it's, yeah. uh, and um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of like the, when you're just getting familiar with the person or anything like that. I feel like we've covered for the first time, we've covered a lot of cool things that I want to talk mm. that I want to ask you. I honestly, like real talk, what I have a feeling about is that you have so much more to say, but like, I just need to make sure like I ask the right questions and then mm-hmm. you can like open up more and more and more. Like as an interviewer, I have this experience and it would be so cool to, to do that. But I feel like it takes time for you to get comfortable from with me as well, even though you gave me so much cool information. So I'm like, I'm mm. already excited to like post the whole thing and edit the whole thing. But I feel like there's so much more we can talk about, you know, we just need to like get into more things. So maybe like we can yeah, do Yeah, I mean, like, ask yeah. me, ask, ask me whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll answer anything. That's, that's how I look at things that I have nothing to hide. Well, how about this? When, when is the next time you're going to go to Russia? Just curious. Oh, man. So I'll basically give a quick story on that. I was playing in Russia this season and then I had uh, COVID. And after that, I had some like kind of like complications where mm. whenever I'd start training, my heart rate would go up to an mm. insane amount. And because of that, I basically, you know, shut down for the season because there was only like a month left. Mm just to be safe because yeah. you never, you never want to risk it with something like this. For sure. So basically right now my off season has technically already started and next season I want to play in North America somewhere, somewhere here. So mm-hmm. honestly going to Russia, it's not really, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't really know. Not it's the not best even, time for that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's not on the cards right now. It's basically, I, I don't know when, and if things work out, probably not for a while, which I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that, that's fair. I mean, we, we're in a crazy world. Like I was going to go to Kazakhstan in March. Like mm-hmm. it's funny because I, I like I texted to, to, to work already. I was like, yo, I, I need to get this vacation. And then our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, basically says, if you leave Canada right now, for you to come back, you have to rent a hotel for three days in quarantine. Take a test at the airport, quarantine at the hotel, and you have to pay for that hotel and everything will cost you around 2000 bucks. On wow. like, and you have to pay for everything. And, and if you're going to test positive with COVID, we're going to place you, we're going to force you to like, to go to the hospital for two weeks and you have wow. to spend all the time there. So I was like, should I just do it right now? Or should I wait until <laughs> like maybe at least April or May? Because this is like, sounds a little bit crazy. So I decided to postpone yeah. that whole thing as well. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. How are you feeling right now though? Like with the, with the COVID and all, like, are you like, What's what, what, where, where are you at right now? Like physically? With the, um, I, I feel, pre- I feel pretty good. Honestly, when I had it, it wasn't too bad. I just had a low grade fever and like the worst part was the back pain. No, but, sorry. um, right now I feel fine. Like my heart rate's getting a lot better. Um, I wear like the watch a lot of the times during, during the day and mm. it's slowly getting back to where it should be. And according to the doctors that I think the 18th or 17th is the day I can start you know, start slowly training again. And yeah. I think by then I, I should be fine because it'll be exactly three months from my diagnosis. And that's basically how they uh, judge these things. So I, I think by then that should be good to go. For sure, man. For sure. Have you, have you lost your sense of smell at all? I did when I had it, I lost my sense of smell and my taste. I was, I was eating food. I uh-huh. was half halfway through my meal. Like I was eating, I think chicken or something. I ate half the chicken and then I take a bite of the chicken and I'm like, is this rotten? Like, what's wrong with it? Like, why is this piece of chicken so bad? And then I, I, I was like, wait, did I just lose my sense of taste and smell? So I ran to the kitchen. I grabbed a bottle of vodka. I poured it into the glass. I put it, I put it in my mouth and started swishing it around. I felt absolutely nothing. I spit it out. And then I was like, okay, 
I have nothing. <laughs> That's the most Russian thing to do. When in doubt, <laughs> start swishing yeah. vodka. <laughs> <You're Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just smelling everything. I couldn't smell anything. But like after three or four days, it came back, thankfully. But it was yeah. wild. It was really wild. For sure, man. Well, I'm I'm hoping like you're you're gonna be fully recovered by the end of pretty much. I'm I'm hoping you're already like fully recovered. You look pretty good. You know, you look pretty healthy. Yeah, I I feel good, and I think a few more weeks and things should be you know get back to normal. I could start, you know, slowly getting back into it, riding a bike and some light exercise. Yeah, cool, man. And I hope like when you know the whole thing will kind of ease down, you will get like on the new project or something like I texted you that before, but it's like, it would be so cool to get the professional lighting cameras and all of that. And have yeah, you... it'd be awesome. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because you have a lot of cool, fun friends. So you can actually invite them on your show and just like, you can just like, you don't have to like make it a serious interview, but you had just, mm. just fool around and be like such a cool show and like freaking sell it to TikTok or something. I would mean, be so awesome. Hopefully, hopefully some, yeah. just some kind of content, some kind of creation is what I'm always up for. And, I don't know. I just think it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun, especially how you said it in a professional way. I mean, you need to find some kind of production team that would want to sponsor yeah. that and do that with you. But yeah, honestly, no, I think it'd be awesome. I think I'd be, I'd really enjoy it. For sure, man. And I wish you best of luck. And thank you so much for, for uh, joining me on this show. And as I said, I feel like we have so much more to talk about. Uh, mm. We just need to develop more, more, you know, topics of conversations. And I'm really looking forward of course. to it. So I'm hoping you will come back to Azizi Podcast and we can talk more about different things as well. Once of course, yeah. I mean, definitely. And anytime you want me on, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on. And honestly, it's a lot of fun just to talk and have like a, a regular conversation. So yeah, whenever man. you need a, a guest or something, I'm always there. For sure, man. And I'll probably going to be in Los Angeles often. So once everything's up, mm -hmm. like, let's, let's go and grab a coffee or something. That would be cool. For sure, yeah. Cool, definitely. Awesome, awesome. Igor Larionov the second. Uh, I'll post all your links for all of your social media, all of your projects uh, under the video, and I'll post this video probably on Instagram as well as YouTube. So thank you so much for joining me. This podcast can be found on Audio Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to my channel, rate, and uh, give a wonderful, wonderful reviews. Igor, on your end, I'm suggesting you get into boxing. Uh, I know, I know there's whole enforcer culture in, uh, in hockey. So there's some similarities there as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll be sending you some cool fights as well, for sure. Near, near okay. Later. I'll check them out. I'll check them out. <laughs> All Thank right. You. Igor, Thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck to you, sir. Thanks. Thanks for having me.